You are listening to Adjective New Music's podcast, Lexical Tones. I'm your host, Rob McClure. Usually, our dangling modifiers are hopefully funny or interesting little things about our guests that we just can't fit into the conversation somehow. This dangling modifier with Amanda Fury discusses important issues in politics, gender, media culture, and issues surrounding composers who are women. I wanted to share this as its own podcast because of how important these these issues are to me personally and to the Adjective New Music Composer Collective at large. The lack of gender equality among composers is still an unbelievable fact in today's musical landscape. And as a composer who is a man, it can be a tricky thing to talk about, even as a fervent supporter of composers who are women. I was talking with my wife about this and how I usually want to get into the conversation but feel that I can't or my words will get misconstrued because of my race and gender and the privileges associated with them. She said, maybe focus less on what you are saying and more on what you are doing. I hope you enjoy this conversation and share it with your friends or on social media or even just through conversation with your peers. Because the only way things will change is if we individually start making changes in our thoughts, and most importantly, our actions. So, last question. It's a big one. Um, How did you come to music as something that you wanted to pursue for your life? Um, I didn't for a long time when I was a kid. I wanted to be a writer, so... um... I, all I did a lot of the time when I was younger was write. And then when I started piano, I realized I could compose accompanying music to my stories. And then I realized it was more fun writing the music than the stories. Um, and it was really when I was in my teens then, um, I either wanted to perform or teach. I actually wasn't thinking about composition uh, at that point. It was interesting. Um, I'm part of uh, a sort of a grassroots group that's started in Ireland the last few weeks, uh, composing the feminists, um, and it all it all started because of like a gender imbalance um, in the programming in a festival that's happening in Dublin in September. Um, And we were just talking the other day about young female composers. So basically, when I was in school, being a composer just wasn't, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing I could do because it was just, on our syllabus, it was just male composers. Um, Right. Do you know, it was just like, you think about it now, it's like, this is a crazy idea, but that's, that's how I thought. I was like, I... I can only really be, if I'm going to take this route, the music route, I can teach or I can perform. And then when it became obvious that performing was not an option, <laughs> um, it's like, okay. As it does for so many composers. Yes. Um, you know, that wasn't happening. It's was like, well, I'll just do music education, you know, or I'll do my degree in music. Not thinking about uh, being a composer. And then when I, did start third level my undergrad in music there were male composers who 
just were sort of fully blossomed, fully confident that this is what they were doing. And it, it just took me a long time, just baby steps, because I just still had it in my head that it was a very male thing. Um, so th this group that, you know, we have meetings and we're, we've just realised that this is the, the crux of it to, to get younger female composers to just realise that they can do it, that it, it, it's an option, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's that's a huge thing. Yeah, you know that's a huge step. Just just that realization that oh yeah, I can do this. There's no reason why I can't. You know, absolutely. Yeah, but I think it's not that long ago that I left school. So to me, it is sort of a ridiculous concept that I I didn't consider that. Uh, it is ridiculous, yeah. and um, I don't I don't know how you've been feeling, but just. Uh, you know, I, I get all of my news, you know, just on online <laughs> and through what other people post on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. And I kind of feel a little bit disconnected from the world at this point, just being in China. Right. But at the same time, what's coming through the, you know, through the funnel <laughs> that I'm seeing, it just seems like the world is going backwards. Yeah. In terms of, you know, LGBTQ rights, women's rights, you know, it's it's insane to me what's what's happening right now. And yeah. I think I suppose I suppose if there wasn't I mean, this is the backlash against the forward lash, I guess, you know, <laughs> that happened, but it just I, I I it doesn't make any sense to me. I think it is a bit of a backlash against the forward lash, but it's also but you were saying you get all your your information, your news online. So we're getting so much information now. I think it was always there. That's right. Yeah, you're right. So all of this discrimination, all all of the the shit that's going on now in the world, it it's always been there. But we we're finding out more about corruption. We're finding out things that. We wouldn't have got from our our lunchtime or evening time news on CNN mm -hmm. or whatever on our news channels. We've got yeah. All... There's so there's so many more microphones and there are so many more <laughs> cameras out there yeah. that I think you're right. It was it's always been it's literally always been this way, mm -hmm. but we're hearing about it so much more for the first time I because think... of social media and stuff. Yeah, that we I think because we don't know what's happening with the internet it's just we're just living in the present with it uh, mm -hmm. and trying to get our heads around it but I think we've reached a point in internet culture where we're finding out so much that it's it's just bringing everyone down it's yeah it really is, it really is depressing it's 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 getting it's getting to a point where it's like peak depressing because I don't think we can handle the bombardment of information that's, that's coming at us. And it's like you want to take a stand on every single thing that you disagree with and that you think is horrific. And it become, it just becomes too much. What do you do? What, what do you donate? Who do you donate to? You want to try and help everyone. Well, um, be, uh, another thing is because of the speed, the pace of our lives yeah. at this point, there's no time to think 
to consider. Yeah. You know, you you just need to have your stand or your stance on an issue right then, right you know, right now, and be able to defend it and not not be you know if if you take a minute and think and engage in reasonable debate with a person and maybe you change your mind oh that's a sign of weakness yeah and i think no that's a sign of intelligence yeah exactly i think it's a really unfair kind of result of yeah the speed of the internet now that it's like if if you're confused for a second you're just going to get trod upon, you know, in, in terms of commentary on the internet, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, I really feel sorry for, in that respect, for my parents' generation who, there are issues now that are being talked about and they're just trying to get their heads around it. And um, it, it's what you're saying. They just need to have a discussion. But there's a lot of issues now I feel like there's no genuine discussion happening. I mean, in Ireland at the moment, um, legal abortion is not a, is, is trying to. It, the discussion about it is just extreme kind of opinions from one side and the other side. The, it, the, the balance is. It's, so abortion is not legal in Ireland. It's legal in a sense that um, in certain cases, so if the, if the pregnant okay. woman is suicidal, there's, there was like one act brought in, I think three years ago, um, that it, you know, you ha- the, the woman has to be up against a review panel in order to be allowed an abortion. There's no abortion in terms of... Um, just choosing to do so um, right. uh, there's no abortion in the cases of a fatal fetal abnormality um, mm-hmm. it's it's to do with the the mental state of the the pregnant woman at the moment and it's still like completely ridiculous like most cases are are not allowed to go through right so but the discussion on that is it's it's unfair. It's like, um, right. And I think this is what we're seeing in a lot of, I mean, because I'm an American, I, you know, I, I focus on, you know, American politics, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of countries are having the same thing right now where the most extreme and the loudest is the, is the one that's going to get, you know, that's how you get attention. You just scream at the top of your lungs. So that's that's how the narrative is being constructed. Where I don't think it's necessarily reflective nope. of if you, what's actually happening. If the media, like with the Irish media, they get the most extreme pro-life person for for one side, and they get they get a pro-choice person, and the balance there isn't very level, and you don't you don't get it a proper debate on things mm-hmm. you get uh, an extreme religious opinion on one side and then you get a person that's that's just trying trying to get past the religious aspect and just it's about choice and, th- and that's it it's not sure. your decision and <laughs> right. um, so it's not it's not about talking to the pro-life person like 
I don't know how I feel about this. It's like, this is how I feel and it's wrong, you know? Um, there's no discussion like that. It's just fighting on different sides, you know? Yeah. And so bring bring this back around to women. I mean, women in composition and women being programmed on concerts. What is, you know, you were saying that really just making an effort to make sure that young young women know that if they're in music, that this is an avenue they can take. But what else is is that organization thinking about and doing? Um, we're going to have a panel, like a sort of a public forum uh, next month in September. We're just trying to find ways. I think because it was the result of the poor programming of a festival, instead of turning around and just pointing fingers at them and going, you know, you didn't think about this. It's, can we have a public forum about why this is happening? Um, mm. And I think it starts with, it starts from now on from encouraging younger composers um, mm -hmm. and, and playing, playing, uh, thinking, thinking to the future and not just sort of backbiting each other in the present. Um, just thinking how it can get better instead of just blaming a bunch of artistic directors or a bunch of programmers, you know? Um, sure. I kind of find that a bit just unhelpful. Um, I think we're, we're getting, we're thinking about how we can get people in from um, high schools or secondary schools and and talk about the, the syllabus and um, talk about how um, encouraging younger female composers, how that can actually happen. Um, and talking to different performers who, um, I think it's important, you know, to say, to have a performer say, well, actually, God, I didn't really think about the, the gender balance and and I think it's great to for a performer maybe to admit that and then to say, well, I'm going to work on this now, you know. Um, but as you were saying earlier, there's there's no room for that with the narrative in the media and the way things are argued out. That there's no room for acknowledgement. That no. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's we're maybe trying to create a space in the forum for that where it's like. Not that it's like, I'm so sorry for, for all we haven't done for female composers, but just acknowledging that they were maybe a bit poor on that side of things about seeking out female composers and that from now on that will be, you know, that will be present in their programming and, and it will be a consideration, you know. I think mm -hmm. to, to have a positive, to, it, to be a positive kind of atmosphere instead of sort of bitching and happening you know? yeah right i think it's essential i think it's essential that it, it ends positively and um that people leave aware that it, it needs work that but we're going to work on it kind of thing you know right yeah i was thinking about this the other day because um i, I saw something on twitter about um something i mean it was you know it was how the how the commentary 
from the Olympics was just horribly sexist and, you know, like, you know, interviewing male athletes and be like, oh, you're the first person to do this. And the male athletes like, mm, no, I think Serena and Venus Williams did that <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I remember like that. four yeah. times already or something like that. Yeah. But, but it was, uh, it clued me into something that I hadn't ever really thought about. And, um, and this, this kind of, it's about the terminology because when you think about the NBA, it's the National Basketball Association. Mm-hmm. And if you're a woman, it's the uh, WNBA. Oh. So it's like, why is it not the MNBA? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's always, the, there's always this, oh, they're a female composer. But if you're a man, you're just a composer. I know. That's, that's the other Yeah. And I was having I was having a conversation about this a long, long. Well, I guess it was I don't know. It was a while ago. But with with a composer, um, her name is Jamie, and she was uh, she she's actually one of the uh, the the co-founder of Adjective New Music. And we were talking about this, and you know, until there is that equality. In programming, in commissioning, in, you know, having um, women at the top of orchestras and artistic agencies and and things like that, until that equality exists, the term is still relevant and useful, even though it seems seems like it can do more harm than good because it perpetuates this idea that you are different. Yeah. I totally agree, and I agree with Jamie that it just sort of has to be a prefix for a little while, yeah. you know, um, until sort of if we if we say if we repeat it long and hard enough, it ha- it has to get it, it'll get to the to the people that program music that program our music, um, mm-hmm. and until and until then, um, we just have to keep it there unfortunately but right. I, I know exactly what you mean it's just it would ha- be a great day if we were all just composers yeah yeah um and it will happen but i think it it's it's helpful now yeah to to use it and unfortunately I, it annoy it definitely annoys me it grates on me where when i see it everywhere but it's just if you hear the word, you read the word, it's just everywhere long enough. It, it, it'll have to help eventually, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that got to a very political place. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was told, I was really into it actually. <laughs> but it's no, I guess because it's been on my mind since we had a meeting about younger female composers last week, and um, the fact that. You know, you're asking me how I got into music and the fact that just composition didn't become a thing for me until I was in my 20s, really. Whereas mm-hmm. I think for male composers, I mean, I was, at, I was at one of those ASCAP, you know, the ASCAP Awards. Yep. And I was at one of those, um, the ceremonies. And I remember meeting these 10-year-olds that were winning awards and they were writing full on chamber pieces. I was like, how, like that's that, it was just kind of insane to me. And they were in their little suits and ties. And, um, <laughs> and they were winning, they were winning these awards for like 20 minute piano trios. It's just like, 
that confidence and that encouragement there is incredible and I just wouldn't have seen that at all. Um, I my my dream kind of now that I'm back in Ireland is to maybe try and set up a course for younger composers, a sort of a mentoring thing. Um, now that I'm home, I'd, I'd love to do something like that, get musicians on board, um, because I don't think there's anything really like that been done here. I know in the US there's a few good few programs like that. And there's one I think that's starting. Luna Music, is it? I think I read about it. Yeah, I just I just heard about that, yeah. Yeah, that sounds super cool. Um Yeah, I'd lo- I'd love um I'd love to do something like that. But sorry, sorry it got political, but I was just because it's been on my mind the last few days. No, I mean it I it's hard to not have it on your mind mm. right now. You know, I mean, not just you, but but anyone. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing every day. Mm-hmm. So it it's actually it's it's been on my mind a lot too, actually, because um, and this is I like you say, you know, admitting that just coming to terms with the fact that maybe your your own mind wasn't wasn't necessarily closed but it wasn't necessarily aware of these issues exactly you know having being being a father of two girls right now like this is always on my mind mm-hmm. about how to bring them up to the to the point where they are confident they know that they you know that they can do anything they want anything that they want to do but th- i mean at the thing is, all parents say that, you know, oh, they can do anything. But somewhere in there, there comes a point where it seems like women are told, well, not so fast. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's really been on my mind about yeah. how, you know, where does that point come and how do I avoid doing that as a parent? Right. Um, yeah, and how... Yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one. I mean, I, I it is. I don't, I don't have children, but I, you know, I teach young children, and I think it's just making that more present. That more, if you can just kind of plant the seed for them to be more aware of opportunities that it's 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 equal. And yeah. That there's there's not a there's not a dialogue going on about things that boys do and things that things that girls do. Um if that's not really present in, in what they children are amazing how much they listen. I don't think a lot of adults realise that. they they listen to everything. They pick they up They really do. They pick <laughs> they pick up on everything. They pick up on inflections in your voice, whether you might be arguing or they and even even babies, you know, I've I've seen that. They just they hear everything and it's the tone. It's all to do with the tone of your voice, you know. Right. Um, but what was I going to say there? Yeah, but about um, the whole admission thing, and and that maybe you weren't aware before, but now you are. I think it's just really important that there's more kind of spaces like that, where you're not going to get the head bitten off you just because, just because you weren't thinking about it before. Right. You just get a, a smile and a nod and go, okay, so how 
how do we work with this or how do we um how do we make it better from now on i think the internet is not really a space for that there's no space no it's not it's like i'm gonna slag your mother at the same time <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous it gets so ridiculous it's like why do people engage in it it just makes people's blood boil it's like everyone's blood pressure now probably 10 times worse than pre-internet you know <laughs> yeah so speaking of which where can people find you on the internet oh yeah nice link. <laughs> <laughs> lovely segue there um it's my website is just amandafiri.com and then i have a soundcloud but my soundcloud I, it's not my name or the url isn't my name it's vanessa parody parody with a y not not an i but i think if you search soundcloud for my actual name it should come up so well if you yeah and if you go on your website you have a bunch of soundcloud links on oh your i do yeah too, so, so then it'll yeah. link directly yeah and you're on twitter i have a twitter yeah I kind of use, I use Twitter badly. I just retweet stuff. That's all I do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. What are you on Twitter? Um, I'm just Amanda Fury on Twitter. At Amanda Fury on Twitter. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this. I I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours more, but I'll let you get on with your day. (laughs) No problem. It's fun. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.